Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Friday to you, December 16th, 2022. We did it, we made it. It's the end of the week, and you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call, the proven the best way to get your weekend started off right. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here to get that weekend started off right. And Nick Roush coming to us from the lovely state of Ohio. Roush, how you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I'm a little uh, little tired. I, I I tried to stay up with my wife to watch that volleyball game. I did not succeed, um, but I woke up and they won, and she was very happy. So we're we're happy uh, with my wife and her family now, and they get to watch uh, her old team play in the national championship Saturday. So exciting stuff! Now nah, they're gonna get they're gonna get taken to to the old woodshed by Texas. Man. You sound confident. Did you uh, did you watch any of the uh, volleyball action last night? Texas was did look pretty good, especially with uh, former Wildcat Maddie Skinner out there. I was like, oh, that would have been nice if she was still playing for Kentucky. No, there was NFL on last night. No volleyball. Gotcha. No, gotcha. no, no volleyball for the Teach. Congrats to U of L. They'll play for only their second team sport national championship ever. Uh, only the men's basketball team has ever won a national championship in the history of U of L athletics. So they're looking for, for team sport numero dos on Saturday evening. So good luck to them. Uh, will uh, will they be able to win the big one, though? Uh, we know uh, what's his name, Kent. Uh, old old McDonald, McDonald had a baseball team. And Jeff Waltz. Yeah, Jeff Walls. Can't win the big one. Yeah. I would hate that. Everybody, you know, she seems like a, a nice lady. It'd be a shame if she joined the can't win the big one team at U of L. But uh, I guess we'll we'll find out Saturday evening. Either she can or she can't, right? Yep. One way or the other. And there's no in between. Scoots, how are you? How was your Thursday evening? It was good. I uh I watched some of the volleyball as well. Like Roush, I couldn't stay up. I think I made it up for uh, maybe the first set. I, I may have even went to bed before the first set. But, yeah, so I watched it. I watched the Texas game as well. Um, and nothing beats volleyball in general, let alone high-level Division One volleyball. So really fun to watch that last night. And then, of course, you had the football game. 
that was a little bit boring, if we're being honest. So, yeah, I went to bed a little after 10. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Got a lot of sleep. It's Friday. Ready to go. Got Christmas at my mom's tomorrow. So pretty excited. Nice. Set, getting set for a fun weekend. I, I'm, we're not going to list it, but I, I would imagine I could probably think of a thousand things better than volleyball. Mm. Were you being serious? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's volleyball. Right, so aside you, from you watch, you get to watch the first opening Thursday of March Madness all day, or you get to watch the women's volleyball semifinals. Which one are you taking? I mean, I'm taking March Madness, but that's because you didn't let me finish my statement. Aside from college basketball, I don't know that there's anything better than college volleyball. I mean, firstly, you did finish your statement, and that's how I got to talking. And secondly, so it's the Super Bowl. You're watching women's volleyball. Not it. I'm oh. saying I like women's volleyball, TJ. Damn it! That's just fun. Let, just let, let me have just, my moment. Let, let, it's it's let, fun. Let, it's let, exciting. Let, I like watching it. It's it's a good time. It's fast paced. Aside from basketball, I think volleyball is the second best sport. It's let's just leave the hyperbole for the other station. Okay. He Scoots has said often that's his favorite play by play outside of basketball. Oh, absolutely. There is so much action. That's no question. But that's. I mean, that's. That's fine. I, I could honestly understand that because you're just if you're calling up if you're doing play by play for a game and it's volleyball, you're literally never out of content. Period. True. Every play, but it is fun to watch. It is exciting. It's not my favorite thing in the world to watch, uh, but it is it is riveting. It's riveting action, uh, and there's going to be some riveting action for UK athletics this weekend, both on the court, off the court. It was another big recruiting day yesterday, Roush, which was mm-hmm. uh, which is good news. There's it's a, a lot, lot of stuff yesterday. as well. It just seems like things are trending up for UK athletics across the board. Really, we're moving on up, we're moving up, on up. We're moving up. Yeah, moving on up. would really be nice if Kentucky beat UCLA tomorrow. That would make things just because, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Kentucky has a losing record in the CBS Sports Classic. They, they generally do not perform well in those games. Well, let's count them down. Last year they won. The year before that they lost. The year before that, that's a tough one because I can't remember it. It was yeah, the Maxi team. It's uh, it's very tough to remember back. I was just going to pull up the game notes and see their not record. Not sure about there. that I one. just remember losing to Ohio State multiple times. Like when they had D'Angelo Russell and the Austin in the Barclays Center. That was... We lost to Ohio State with the with Ulyss and Murray and whatnot. Of course, they won with Fox and Monk and those guys. Did they win that sad game in New Orleans on like December 23rd? No, they lost. That was UCLA. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, that... that, that I guess my memories of the CBS Sports Classic aren't as fond as they should be, even though one of my favorite games I ever went to was the beatdown in 2015 uh, of that team when I – was it 31 to nothing, 31 to three? Uh, yeah, Kentucky's four and four in the CBS Sports Classic. Yeah, I'm having a tough time thinking of the fourth win, but I had the four losses and I have three wins, but I, I, I guess I'm – I'm missing one somewhere along the way. Maybe it was that PJ Washington team. I don't just I just don't remember who they played in the CBS Sports Classic that year. Uh, uh, was it North Carolina? Nah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But either way, that that and, UCLA and, game in the United Center was so much right. fun. That it was, was the, the Ashen Hagen Steel game where he kind of had a big game. That was yeah, the other yeah. win I wasn't thinking of. 
And then the next year was the pandemic year, and they played UNC again in the CBS Sports Classic, despite it supposed to be rotating around and whatnot. But you had and it wasn't even stuff. a doubleheader. They played in like Cleveland or something. Yeah, and it was like it was light scratch, and they were like, "All right, Kentucky's going to play UNC." And I remember UK fans were like, "No, why? We're going to get killed because the season was going really bad at that point." And it was like, "Oh my gosh, you all! It's a basketball game, and it's Kentucky and UNC. Like, it'll be if they lose, it'll be okay. Like, you shouldn't start crying because they're going to schedule these games." Uh, and then UNC won, and Armando Bacot was like, yeah, they thought they were so cool pushing us around last year. We really showed them. And everybody was like, this team is 1-7, and seven, Armando. Why don't you chill out, buddy? Like, they're not a great basketball team. And then the next year. Uh, the UKB, one thing, UNC too, about that, TJ, that was when Keon Brooks wasn't hurt. Like, he was injured. or remember, That's when he wasn't playing, and they sent him to do the media afterwards. Yeah, he had blood clots, and the team was acting like such babies that he was like, I'll go talk after a loss, whatever. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, good on Keon Brooks. That was a cool move from him. Yeah, so four and four. All right. Winning record time after this weekend, baby. Woohoo! We'll be real nice because this is a uh, – of all the teams Kentucky's played so far, UCLA is what? Uh, would we, are they the best team Kentucky's played? You can make a case. You can make a case. I think if I'm ranking them, I'm probably putting them number two. I still think Gonzaga's probably better. I know Gonzaga's going through some stuff, and they, they certainly have their flaws, and Kentucky should have probably played them closer. But, yeah, I'd probably give Gonzaga a narrow edge over them and, and then UCLA second, I, I would think. And then Michigan yeah. or Michigan State third and fourth. And they're, they're very experienced, as we kind of talked about yesterday. Uh, dudes that have been playing – basketball for college basketball I should say for a long time um and I'm I'm looking forward to it because the early season struggles TJ I feel like we've seen some growth I just don't know how much and I think the other question I have too is how much growth have we seen from John Calipari because I I don't want to say all of their struggles are just because he doesn't know what lineups to play when or what have you but I'd do think a lot of it is finding the right combinations of people to play. And as we discussed at length yesterday on KRC, it's going to come down to playing small ball. Like that's how fans have wanted him to play for a while. And you're going to have to do that against Jaime Hawkes. You just have to. Yeah, no, you're it's, it's a weird matchup situation. Cal just traditionally, he likes bigs more. He, he's going to prefer defensive issues more than offensive smoothness. And this is a game where you can't really do that, or you one would think that you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, I still have a sneaky suspicion that Cal will probably find a way to do it at times. And we have given him the excuse, which I know a lot of people don't want to give him, don't think it's fair, don't care to even hear it. And all those folks are entitled to their opinions. And honestly, I don't like even having to, to lay it out there for them. But it is at least valid enough to, that it's worth bringing up. It's early in the season. Kentucky's played nine, ten games, however many it is. He's still he's not ready just to bury guys on the bench and solidify his, his roster just yet. And to some degree, you can kind of understand that because a lot of the players, a lot of players that we expect to be important players have been a little shaky at times have been a little inconsistent at times. So he's trying to kind of figure out what works, what doesn't work, while motiv- motivating people and also not wanting to lose them 
thinking that like I'm done for the season, I'm going to give up, and maybe now I'll be a bad locker room presence. We gave him that excuse. I, I just don't see a scenario where that's going to be able to fly tomorrow because if you have Livingston, Collins, and Oscar out there on the floor at the same time, I could almost guarantee you one of them is going to have a really tough defensive assignment, not a defensive advantage like Calipari usually thinks when he has length, size, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's just not the matchup for it. There will be other matchups for it. This one is not it. You still are going to have to play Top and an Oscar together because you don't really have any other choice. This I know a lot of people have been yelling for Livingston. I think it's a little overblown just because it's not like he's been showing us the world when he's been out there. But I will fully admit and agree that I also don't think that he's been given a ton of opportunity to really show the world. But even in limited sample sizes, he's been about the same as any of the other four options. Shown some good things mostly inconsistent. The difference with Livingston and the other guys, he's a freshman. Maybe you expected a little bit more out of him or you're a little bit more willing to allow him to grow through it versus a Toppin or even a Collins, who are both obviously older than Livingston. So I get it. You're going to have to play two of that pair somehow, Livingston, Collins, Toppin, Oscar. Do never at any point play three of them. And I don't know who they are thinking is going to be the Hawkes fix for UK or who's going to be their their matchup assignment or they're going to throw some other people on them. Uh, but it's going to be pretty fascinating. And then on top of all of this, while talking about maybe some of UCLA's advantages that they have, you also got to worry about who you put out there on the floor for UK because probably in a big game this season, more than any other one so far, Oscar should have a huge advantage. He's got Adam Bona, who is probably a name that sounds familiar. At one point, he was a potential backup plan for UK and ended up picking UCLA, and that's when UK was kind of going through some stuff, and UK fans were mad that he didn't go there. Uh, he's that, a small player. What's is that he right? a second-year player? I believe so. Could be wrong about that. This could it be was, first, but I think it's a second. I, I, I wasn't sure if he was like, uh, it's going to be Oscar Sheboy and this guy, or... Or not? No, he's a freshman. This is his first year. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, he enter early or something? I don't know. I agree with you that it seems like this has been too long of a time to see. Maybe he just committed early and he was like, it, the name seems long ago for him to be his first year. But regardless, he is an experience. Whether it was first year or second year, I didn't anticipate him if it was a second year playing a lot last year because you didn't hear a lot about him. But anyway, right. point is, it's a huge advantage for Oscar. Regardless of what year he is, um, it's somebody that's not as experienced as Oscar, somebody that's not nearly as talented as Oscar. It's a monster advantage. So Cal has to think about that as well. How are we? How can we get Oscar as much space as possible so we can take advantage of that advantage? And the truth is, you're probably never going to be able. I mean, you'll get a few possessions where you can catch them sleeping, where he's he's got Bona on his hip, and you just have to throw it to him, and it's an automatic bucket. But most of the time, regardless of how you even space the floor, they're probably going to double-team him. And they're probably going to bring Hawkes down, who's really active and has quick hands, and he's going to try to poke the ball away from Oscar. UCLA is a good team at forcing steals and creating turnovers. Kick it out and have people to knock down those shots. And if Toppin's not willing to take it, he cannot play. If Collins isn't willing and ready to shoot, he cannot play. If Livingston isn't. He cannot play, but they're going to double-team Roush Oscar because it's a major advantage for Kentucky. 
Bona can take a little bit of muscle. So, you know, if he wants to bang with Oscar, he's going to be able to a little bit. But that's the thing that makes Oscar such a special offensive player is his finesse, where, all right, I'm going to bang on you. I'm going to muscle you. Oh, you're kind of pushing back a little bit. Let me do this quick little drop step, go up and under the rim. I've scored. He can, he, he is real. It's really a, a work of art how much he's improved as an offensive player over the course of his basketball career, even going back to when he was uh, a high school recruit and I was watching him on the AAU circuit. He was basically a black hole in the paint back then. You throw it into him and he would just keep missing bad looking shot after bad looking shot, no touch whatsoever. But he was just such a monster. He'd get every rebound and he'd have a double double after his fifth field goal attempt because he'd have 10 points right there. And, uh, and at that point, I already have like 12 or 13 rebounds getting his own misses. So it's really impressive how much he's improved. And he's going to probably need another 24 points, I would guess, tomorrow. Uh, he's going to get his opportunities. But when UCLA does crack down and double team him, first off, Oscar's still probably going to score out of the double team a few times. But got to kick out Roush, and you got to make sure those shooters are ready to, to make those shots in the big stage with the bright lights. Well, and for me, the big thing is, hey, don't don't have Jacob Toppin or your forward be the entry pass player. That happened multiple times in that Yale game, where it's like, well, let's let's have a shooter, because <laughs> then you really put stress on the defense. That that's a simple way to create stress, right? Like I, I don't, especially if you do like a fire screen or something to get that shooter the ball. Um, and then he's got Oscar posting up down low. Like, that that puts a lot of stress on the defense. So I would prefer it if it's a C.J. Frederick or a Reeves or, hell, a Wheeler. It really, anybody but that, that four guy throwing the post-entry pass, they can be on the opposite side waiting to crash the glass or the opposite high post. Um, I know it might clog some things up a little bit, but um, that, that was something I noticed in the last game that was frustrating because they were able to get away with the double teams a lot easier. You didn't make the defenses make difficult choices because non-shooters were throwing post-entry passes. Yeah, I, I agree and disagree. Like, I actually think having post players or bigs, I should say, because Toppin's not a post player, but having bigs feed the post, I actually think it's a really nice luxury to have because it, it, it makes a defense know that the ball, like Oscar will be a threat to get the ball at any point in the possession where sometimes, and this is more like 90s basketball and before, where if you had a big goober out on the post, he'd have such bad handles and just ball presence that he wouldn't really know how to feed the post and defenses would be able to kind of play differently based on all of that. So I do like when everybody can feed the post. I think everybody should. It's 2022. Yeah. Like, you should be able to feed the post. But I totally agree with you. Like, if Toppin isn't a threat to shoot the ball there, you're just wasting space. You, yeah. you, you're you allowing the defense just to sag off Toppin and double down, which makes it an even harder post pass to throw. And then once, he's, once he completes the catch or once the entry feed is, is made – he has nowhere to go with it. He's double teamed, maybe even triple teamed, and it's kind of too late. And you better hope that he can find a way to kick it back out, but you wouldn't even blame the dude if he turns the ball over. And I put that more on Toppin. Like, you have to be able to knock down that shot. I know you're putting it more on Calipari saying don't put those people in a position to do it. But, like, Toppin, one, you got to at least let it rip. And I guess if you're missing a ton of them, Roush, then, then you have to kind of default to more of what you're saying, at least in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, and. Like, uh, I, yes, I agree with you. Like, it's good that Toppin has that ability. I would just prefer him not to be the primary choice when they're, like, setting up the offense order deal. 
Um, but either way, I do think it is like one thing we didn't have early on in the year um, in those other high profile games is we didn't have Oscar Sheboy playing like Oscar Sheboy. It felt like the last game against uh, Yale was the first time we got National Player of the Year Oscar, where there was a really committed drive, playing with purpose, uh, finishing strong. I, I think some of early on in the year, it was like he was shooting just to shoot instead of going up there to get the easy bucket. And that can be just such a huge difference tomorrow in this game. It, it can be a great equalizer, uh, especially when your other guys aren't shooting well from three. But I, I do think they're going to have to knock down some shots. And I, I think C.J. Frederick is the, the big mystery man, right? Like, I think he was double figures in three of his first four games. And in the last five, he's only done that once. Uh, three points combined the last two games, 0 for 2 last week. Like, you I, I know we talked earlier in this week, and you're like, it's a luxury. But I think he needs to be more than – like, he needs to at least be a consistent threat because at worst, he's at least spacing the floor out. Just two threes a game. It's just two threes a game too much to ask, TJ? It shouldn't be in the absolute slightest. I mean, that yeah. should be the bare minimum for a guy that's like a career 45% three-point shooter that's playing on a team that's pretty talented. We'll give him some open shots. Maybe he thought that he'd be a little bit more open, and maybe even I thought that he'd be a little bit more open, um, more consistently, I guess. But it's not that he's not getting good looks throughout a game. He will. You just they may not be as uh, as frequent as he would like, which like work. You know that was the mm-hmm. it's nice. And we talked about like can Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick be Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz and. I think some people thought, yes, no doubt, they're probably going to be better. I think some people thought, eh, I'm not so sure. At least we need to see it first. I think some people thought you're probably going to get something pretty similar. Uh, no, I mean, C.J. Frederick isn't either right now. He's not a Davion Mintz or a Kellen Grady. He's not even like a sophomore year Derek Willis up to this point. He's not really bringing anything to the table. Um, So I don't think two threes is out of the question. He needs to continue just to keep moving and working. And maybe, maybe, I hope this isn't the case. Maybe he still has some lingering issues where he's just not as mobile as he once was. I hope that's not true. But he just needs to keep working to get open. The shots are there. And then, obviously, just needs to close out the play and make the shot. Uh, He's not doing really, he's not really doing anything, Rash. I'm not trying to be tough on him because I have been, leading the charge that I think a big game is going to come for him at some point and a big game being like, he's going to hit four threes or something like that. I still think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. If it happens tomorrow night, then I bet Kentucky wins pretty easily. But yeah, I, I don't know. You know, we, we talk about these matchup issues with Calipari and getting frustrated with some of it. What's your, what, what lineup do you think should get the most minutes throughout a 40 minute game? Uh, who, Man, that's a great question right now. I, I think it, it's it's Reeves, Wallace, Wheeler, <sighs> Top and Sheboy. Yeah, that, that I think I think it's honestly kind of easy. Like those are the five that yeah. should be getting most of the minutes. But Jacobs has just been he's been he's been disappointing to me as well. There, there's like a switch that hasn't flicked with him yet either, where he's just not being aggressive as he should be. 
Well, I, I agree with you on that. Like he hasn't, he just looks like last year's Jacob Toppin, unfortunately, which isn't great. But that being said, last year's Jacob Toppin did some good things. He had just more limited opportunities to do them. Uh, this year, he's got a bigger opportunity, and we haven't really seen him take that nice big step forward. But if you do remember, like he was before the Yale game, despite us having some frustrations with him, he at least had put together a nice stretch of game, at least a nice stretch of numbers where he was putting up solid points. And at the end of the game, you just looked at a stat sheet and you're like, oh, okay, that's pretty solid. But then the Yale game happened and it was pretty bad. But, you know, he had 14 against Michigan. He had 12 against Bellarmine. He had the double-double against North Florida. Obviously, he got really hot in the second half against Gonzaga and finished with 16 points in that game. Uh, He scored in double digits in all but three games, and in two of those three, he had eight points. So he was only another bucket away from from getting double digits. Uh, but the Yale game was certainly his worst up to date. Played 32 minutes and really didn't like. Just was an afterthought most of the most of the game. Uh, four points, five rebounds. The four assists was a nice touch for him. But Kentucky doesn't need him to be a passer. They need him to be more of a scorer at the four position. They've got plenty of passers throughout the entire roster, and if he can add to it, that's great, but they need him to be more of a scorer. So it's tough with Toppin. I'm right there with you, Roush, but the numbers actually do suggest that he's been solid. I just don't think solid's going to be good enough for this team at the four. They need, they need somebody that's going to be pretty damn good. The, the, and it, it's, it's more about just being aggressive when you have a mismatch. Now, that's not going to be as much of the case – this week because Hawkes is a smaller guy, but a lot of times he'll have somebody bigger and slower on him. It's like, dude, just go around him, go score. Like uh, when they get in those scoring droughts, like you had that 10 minute scoring drought against Yale, we wanted Toppin to be the Darius Miller kind of even keel, just go get us an easy bucket kind of guy. And he hasn't been this week, this this game though, I think it's more about his defense than anything. Um, And I'm over here talking about Hami Hawkes, like he's freaking Pete Maravich, but like there, there is his his ability to get aggravating points and 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 really extend. Uh, I don't want to say scoring drives, but like Hawkes is a quality player, and if you can neutralize him, if you can take away second chance opportunities by rebounding well, like that, that's where I, I want to see Toppin have that aggressive switch flipped early on because when he is on. Like that dude is such a great athlete. Like he can he can really impact the game, and I I want to see that on Saturday. So maybe maybe when we do this show on Monday, TJ, he doesn't have like his box score is probably pretty similar. But if he plays with that tenacity, like that on the defensive end, then you know Kentucky can can win this this ball game. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe the length UK does have, not that Cal needs to make uh, press the issue of it, just you know, with your normal starters and rotation players, not getting wonky with the lineups. I, I would say maybe that could be something that could get folks eager that Hawkes isn't just going to have a huge game. Is maybe that length is going to bother him? Yeah, um, he is a you know he can score from anywhere on the floor, and his first step is going to be to try to get inside and beat somebody off the dribble and be crafty around the rim. Maybe the length around UK will will bother him a little bit. That would be that would be good news. But I agree with you. Every all eyes on the four position on Saturday. The guards need to be good. We know Oscar is going to be good, but all eyes on that four spot. And let's hope the refs don't get any funny ideas yeah. with Oscar. Although if they do, if Oscar goes out, it's going to be kind of interesting. Do you go 
Ugo? Do you go Collins? Yeah. I mean, gosh, I, like Collins at the five and Toppin at the four. It, it's just wild we haven't seen more of that. Not even one uh, attempt at it. Yeah. Would Collins get pushed around by Adam Bona? I'm sure he would. Could his length make a difference? I don't know. No idea because we've never freaking seen it. Scoots, how are you feeling about the UK UCLA matchup from an outsider's perspective? Um, I'm. I was telling somebody yesterday. I'm just hoping that. So all these teams. Have, oh, it was on the Spears show. So both of these teams have the correct pieces to build the puzzle. So my hope for tomorrow is that all the pieces show up, none get dropped on the floor, maybe eaten by the dog, and we're able to put these two puzzles together. Because I think. If both of these teams show up the way that they're capable of showing up, it should be an electric game, and I'm really excited for it. The Hoosiers play Kansas tomorrow? Correct, yeah. Also excited wow. for that one. At Where Fog Allen? At Fog Allen, yep. Oh, well, sorry. That's okay. You should have – yeah, you're going to lose, and oh, yeah. Kansas is going to shoot a million free throws, by the way, so have fun yeah. with that. Well, <laughs> I mean, TJ, he gets to experience a little taste of his own medicine, what it's like to play at Assembly Hall. That's true. Come on. I'm excited. Uh, Scooch, did you not did you ever consider going to that game? Uh no. No. Not one. I'm I'm not big on Kansas this time of the year. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> what, that what do you mean by that? It, it's cold. It's colder than here, probably. No, I in, in all reality, I'm not real big on Kansas in general. I don't really care to go there ever. It's boring. Oh. I, I've drove through there once. It was a really boring state. So I'm sure Fog Allen's not wouldn't be boring. It's it's probably going to be pretty hopping. But no, I'm I'm good. I bet you when you first started at Walmart, you probably thought the night shift with the married coworker was going to be a boring shift. That's true. You don't <laughs> know until you try things. That's, that's true. You're right. And you tried that thing. <laughs> You tried it real good. Uh, no, I highly, highly, highly recommend if your favorite basketball team is ever playing at Fog Allen, go just one time. It really is worth checking out. And I'd say the same thing if your team's playing at Assembly Hall. Just uh, hope that people don't throw stuff at you and say racist things to you there. They won't do it at Kansas. Everybody there was pretty nice, really. Uh, genuinely, they were pretty nice. And I'd say that I haven't been to Cameron Indoor, but like if Kentucky does play at Cameron Indoor, I, one, won't be able to afford the ticket but I'm going to do what I can to try to get to that game because, like, you know, you don't know. I, I, maybe Indiana and Kansas have a series I don't know about, but you don't know when they're going to be back. Um, but, Scoots, if they do go back, try to make the trip. I know Kansas is boring. I agree. Lawrence wasn't the most fun place in the world, but I was there for a night, two nights. Like, it was enough to be able to spend a night in. Uh, yeah, no, I was there a night, and then we stayed a night in Kansas City. And Kansas City was fun. Like, there's plenty to do in Kansas City. That's not in Kansas, so that's a good point. Although, according to Trump, it is. Scooch, what did you think of Trump's major announcement yesterday? That was wild, man. Was, wasn't it just he announced, like, trading cards for himself or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I didn't really read into it, but I was like, wait, yeah. what? Oh, we're so dumb. We're such idiots. We actually thought that it was going to be like something big for some reason when we were talking about it yesterday. Uh, no, he made some NFTs, which I thought like NFTs had gone poof. Yeah, like everybody uh, realized that they were just like a money, just a waste money grab. Money. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was his major announcement: is he has some NFTs as him as a superhero. Dude, didn't that look like a, a fun um, infomercial that you would see on TV back in like the nineties? Yes. The, yeah, I mean, like, uh, 
I mean, even probably like to this day, like the 3 a.m. commercials where it's like, do you want the Buffalo Gold Eagle coin? There's only (laughs) one billion of them left. And we're charging you $200, but if you call now, $15.99. Yeah, it reminded me of that big time. What is he doing? Who's advising this dude? Nobody. Nobody's ever advised that dude. He just Personally... He does his own thing, man. I kind of like it. I do think that there were some things during his administration that were good. um, And there were things that I liked when he was president. But um, I'm personally over this guy. So every time he does stuff like this, I think it's uh, a good thing. Um, More, yeah. It's going to be a wild Republican primary, though. And I'm I'm actually very excited about it. It's going to create some electric content. Yeah, but I, I think it's it's time for the Republican Party to probably move past Trump. But people have been saying that for six years now. <laughs> Guy's got a base. Yep, got a base. And the supercar. Are you going to get one, Scoots? Would you want one for Christmas? No, nope. Don't get me one. It'll it'll end up in my burn pit. Don't but, they have things in like at Walmart with like on T-shirts like that already? I don't know. Do they? I feel like I've seen stuff of him like doing would the Washington not, crosses the Delaware sort of thing. Do you not think those would be at Target, just Walmart? No, like I, I mean, I'm just saying, like when I get my novelty T-shirts, it's usually a Walmart purchase. Yeah, I, I, I've got a I, great one of a cat riding in, a bomb. I'm just, insinu- I just get this insinuation that you're suggesting Target would be too good for uh president trump superhero t-shirts no it's just tar- target does a little bit like we're trying to be cool with our t-shirts like they, they try to be like um we're gonna have like a stylized uh captain america logo instead like they, they try to be a little bit more gotcha. uh, above brow instead of what they actually are it's like just, you're I'm just a t-shirt i was just trying to get you in trouble Oh, no. I would much rather uh, walmart greater than target except for the checkout lines really like the checkout lines at target there you have it. Nick Roush, man of the people. All right. Uh, we will stop talking about Donald Trump when we return. Uh, we can get to the Thornton's text line, but I think we got to talk a little football recruiting when oh, we get yeah. back. Football recruiting in the uh, You're not going to want to miss this, everybody. You're not going to want to miss it. You're listening to KRC here on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Friday edition of the show. Don't go with it. Gonna do the two step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Don't throw down. Take a sip with it. I'll hang back. Put your head in it. It's simple. You can do it. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Sure. Did Intern Jacob know either one of those? Have you ever seen Home Alone, Intern Jacob? Yes, I've seen Home Alone. I'm not an uncultured swine. Have you seen Home Alone 2? I've seen all the Home Alones, except for the fourth one. I've seen it, but I don't like it. Give me the the premise of Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah, what former president makes a cameo in that movie? Uh, Kennedy. It was Kennedy. This is so easy. It was Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy. The dead JFK made it a cameo. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, We miss intern Jacob, especially around the holidays. That was a good clip. Very topical with 
the holiday season. Now we're uh, we're single digits to Christmas. Get excited, kids! Santa well on his way. Not quite literally yet. Probably still at the station, but they're loading the they're loading the sleigh. It's crunch time at the workshop. And then we were just talking about former President Trump as well. So that's why I had how, to to, how about that? That was great, Scoots. Way to go. We get to see Santa tonight. Very excited. I haven't seen him yet. It's been a while. Has has Lucy seen Santa? Yeah, that was when we saw uh, old Josh Hurd. Santa came to the country club and got to uh, she got to meet him for the first time, sit on his lap. She cried. Oh, good. Good. I just expected. Speaking of she, country club, did you all see the story about the golfer hitting two holes in ones last week at Seneca? I did. In the same round? That's incredible. Was it with the same ball in the same hole? It was not. No. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> I, I I mean, honestly, Scoots, I don't even want to talk about it because it just makes me too mad. Yeah, heard that. Yeah, I mean, like, are you? it's so annoying. It really is. Yeah, but, like, let's just put ourselves – you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. We will love to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, let's have a first-time texter text in today. Just say what's up. What's your weekend plans? How you doing? Uh, and then pop into Thornton's as well. That's where I would go if I ever made a hole-in-one to celebrate. They've got delicious breakfast sandwiches, great food. If you're looking for lunch, anything quick, pop on into a Thornton's. Download the app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. If you do have the app, open it up right now and just look at the savings you may have. Uh, maybe you'll end up making a little trip in there because you've got to buy one and get one. Or uh, who knows what, what what's offered because it's different for everybody on their app. So check it out today. But let's put ourselves in those shoes real quick of hitting two holes in one and around. You hit the one, you go crazy, you don't even care at all what happens the rest of the round. I wouldn't care if I just, I mean, I guess on the one hand, if you got a hole in one, you'd want to take advantage of it and try to have a good score. But like, what are you going to get upset if you end up shooting in the mid 90s or in, who cares? Like you hit a hole in one. I'm keeping the ball. Like I, that ball's getting put away. It's never getting used again. So I wouldn't even have a chance to get a second hole in one. And then I just don't know what the reaction is after, like, do you make a joke before you get up to the tee? Like, well, I can't top the last one. And then you go and you do it again. What holes at Seneca was it on, Scoots? Uh, four and 16. Four and, okay, 16's the downhill one, which is actually sneakily tougher than I think people give it credit for. And then number four is pretty easy. There's nothing really to number four. It's a little longer than maybe some, but nothing, nothing, nothing too meaty at all. So for uh, number 16, that's kind of impressive. Is four uh, the one by the road? Four is the one that's tucked away after that long par, th- that long par five. Mm. It's not by the road. Can't pitch it's got that a tree, one. It's got a tree line to the right, and then the next straight par four is to the left parallel with the tee box. Actually, you got to go backwards a little bit to get back to the tee box. Ring a bell for Scoots? No, I don't, I don't remember that one. You know that dog look par par five number three, you hit it straight and then you got to go to the right. No, no, nothing. Okay. I'll just, we'll just have to go play. Either I way, I, would just, I mean, I would, I would I don't even know what I'd do after the second one because it'd be all the same things I'd probably done after the first one. 
Because I would definitely make that joke like, well, let me just go hit another one in. And then once you do, like, I think that's when you just, like, go buy lottery tickets, right? Like, you just make a bunch of wagers. Like, he did buy a lottery ticket after the round, actually, oddly enough. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way. Because like, you're on a heater of all heaters. Go to the casino, like, I mean, that that's a heck of a day. Yeah. Too old. I, like, I, you're instantly just calling the wife, the spouse, the girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever it may be, and you're just like, you're going to need to get a sitter or daddy's going out partying by himself tonight. Because you'd have to like go have some celebratory drinks, right? Oh, and you'd have to tell your wife, like, get a sitter because I'm going out with my girlfriend tonight. <laughs> hey oh. You probably even like want to go get a nice dinner. Be like, this is a day I'm literally going to remember on my deathbed. So let's let's do it big, man. That'd be so awesome. Just one hole in one. I'll just settle for the one. Just at some point in my life, uh, if I got better at golf, I bet I'd have a better chance at it. But even the best golfers could sometimes just it's you know there is a little bit of a luck factor. Well, that goes into it. That's the thing. That's He's great. he was no better than us. I mean, he shoots. He said typically in the low low nineties, mid nineties. So we we're arguably better than that guy. Nah. <sighs> Someday, Scoots. It'll happen. Oh, yeah. And it'll, it'll be great when it does. Uh, Scoots, did you get banned from Twitter last night? Banned from Twitter? Mm-hmm. For what reason? Oh, a lot of people were getting banned left and right. I don't believe so. I don't know that I got on Twitter last night, but I don't think I got banned. Mm, Scoots is a journalist. You would think that they would be really after him. Oh, gosh. That was funny to wake up and read. Or I saw some of it before I went to bed, but... To wake up and read in the, the, the following morning was pretty wild. No, I'm good. I can get on there now. So Huge. Good. good. I was worried about that. Uh, Tre- Trevor's basically taking victory laps in your all's bet, by the way. That's fine. Let him. This, You know, it was kind of my plan after they won that game. I was going to, like, let him feel have his feel-good moments, and hopefully he just gets a big too big of a head and then comes crashing down to earth when Louisville loses to Florida A&M this weekend. Love it. Um, let's talk about some some good things, some positives. Um, before football, briefly, Tower Hero, career high, 10 made threes, 41 points last night. So, not too shabby. First uh, player the other night, too. First player, Scoots, go ahead. First player in NBA history to ever hit nine plus threes on consecutive days. It's been done in consecutive games, but never on consecutive days. That's just staying hot. Yeah, yeah. That's keeping the hot hand hot, and uh, that's awesome to hear. I remember the good old days when my buddy Lachlan McLean said that Calipari's recruiting was slipping because he had to settle for a Tyler Hero. <laughs> the dude is a wrong take factory machine, and business oh. is booming. Man, oh, Lock. But you know what? That's what kept him in business for so long, right? Yeah, business. I mean, he's still working in media. He's the news guy. Although very concerning that he just wants to overlook facts to fit his more convenient narratives, uh, he as a new you're supposed to be able to trust your news anchors to tell you mm. the truth, unfiltered truth, and he is under this assumption that Rick Pitino was fired from the University of Louisville. Isn't that crazy, Roush? Did 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 Pitino get fired? No, no, they, it was a big deal. He resigned from U of L. Oh, that's right. He didn't want it on his record. You're right. 
Yeah. It was the only thing from the settlement that like it was, it was like I, there, no, there you no didn't money. hire me. I quit. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Locke. You got to go by what the what the university documents say, right? I mean, at one point he was fired, but that got amended and it ended up being incorrect. He was not fired. He resigned. It's very concerning. You'd have a media member not want to tell the truth. Oh, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Oh, man. That, that's, that, I was telling the sorry. truth about recruiting because it seemed like after we kind of told folks yesterday to feel solid about Devin Leary, more folks now feeling solid about Devin Leary. Man, it's almost like if you listen to KRC, you hear hear first, folks. Uh, that's why you wake which, up with KRC. Which, by the way, that w- I felt like yesterday was a big old mess of news that we kind of like, well, if Carrington Valentine's going to go anywhere, he's going to go pro, and then he says he's going pro. Um, I that, that one did catch me a little bit off guard. Um, and then the other I, – I, I, I don't know why this player kept slipping my mind, uh, even though it's our boy Alex from Colga's guy. Um, J.Q. Hardaway, former four-star recruit who played quite a bit as a true freshman for Cincinnati last fall. Um, added another one to Kentucky Stars to the 2022 recruiting class. So they, they went ahead and filled one hole pretty quickly. Um, Mark, Marcus Cox from Northern Illinois. I was relieved that I had already written that story because I was like doing something as that happened. And I look down and it's like, oh, you published a story on KentuckySportsRadio.com. I was like, oh, I did. Uh, so good job, Nick. You, you <laughs> surprised me. And then in the midst of all of that, it's uh, feels like Devin Leary could be any moment now, uh, any day. Uh, Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. what we told you, so UK is filling holes and getting guys that are going to create them. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I've got more questions about some of these people. We're going to get back to them. But just yeah. talk about – I'm just going to at least bring up potential Leary commitment to begin. Yes. I just, I, I, I'm not sure the fan base collectively realizes how big of a deal this is. Uh, or maybe you do and, and you're at your own personal excitement level. That's ultimately what everybody's got to get to anyways. But this is some places say the number one recruit in the transfer portal. If there was one player you'd want to get, it'd be this one. This was a guy that was on some people's Heisman's list to start the season. He's, they've uh, already put him on one for next year. This is uh, he has been it. <laughs> you are theoretically assuming he comes back healthy, and that is you know that's those those are it's questions those are questions right. that need to be had. But assuming he comes back healthy, you could theoretically, most likely, have a top three to five quarterback in the SEC and maybe even better than that, possibly even better than that. And you're going to have UK's best wide receiving core that I think in our lifetime, and they're improving the offensive line too, that's going to help. And secondly, not only are you getting this guy and all that stuff could be great, or hopefully you get this guy and all this stuff is great, but you're going to beat out Notre freaking Dame for him and Roush, as I mentioned yesterday, that he was pretty blown away with the nil stuff just because it's like, hey, Levis has opened this window for you, and look how profitable it can be. If he can do it, why can't you do it? If there's a school that probably maybe could offer a little bit more or a sweeter nil package, it'd be Notre Dame. And it doesn't seem like Devin Leary is going to go to Notre Dame. Of course, things can change. But like you're probably beating out Notre Dame 
and financial commitment, playing style or system, it's just not often that we can talk about the University of Kentucky being able to tell Notre Dame, no thanks. And that's what people are saying, at least. And maybe maybe Notre Dame's top priorities aren't leery. Maybe they it was at one point, but they've thought better of it. I, I'm just going off what the experts are saying, that it's Notre Dame or UK for Leary, and Notre Dame wants the guy, but it seems like they're not going to get him. That is, that's huge in its own right. So kudos to UK. I mean, at some point, I do think you need to develop a high school quarterback, something Stoops has never done. But in the meantime, if you're not, they're hitting the portal and they're hitting it hard. The... Uh... To your point, TJ, this was the guy that they brought in first, and Kentucky was his first visit. And I believe it's his only visit. Um, as as Luckett pointed out, we were talking yesterday that even though players can commit throughout the next – I mean, if you're in the portal, you can commit basically whenever. But if you want to get on campus for spring practice, the dead period begins Monday at midnight. So when that, that clock strikes midnight, it's Sunday. You can't. You can't host people for visits. That, that applies to transfer portal players as well. So, like, all these guys kind of needed to to get going now. And he waited initially and weighed all of his options out, looked at the roster, and Kentucky was built for that. Uh, and I know that uh, we, we talked about, you know, Lou Levis's legacy – Part of the re- of that equation was he was good enough to get really talented receivers to come here, and that's that certainly is factoring in the equation with Leary, where you don't have that at Notre Dame, right? Like they just don't have the pass catchers that Kentucky has, which is kind of wild to say out loud too. That's true theory. too. Yeah, but like that's that's true. Like Kentucky, I, I don't you know I don't know the nil situation that either place it. Um, they're good at keeping that stuff quiet, but like. Kentucky objectively has better pass catchers and more fun weapons to throw to. And if you're a guy like Leary, who uh, the way he is able to make reads and quickly get the ball out of his hands and put it on target, like this is a dream, right? Because in Cohen's offense, even if there is protection issues like there was a year ago, these guys are good enough to to get open quickly. So I'm, I'm very, very excited at what he can bring to Kentucky. Um, The highest floor of any of these, these prospects. Like if you look at transfer portal players, TJ, there's always going to be some sort of knock on him. I think of all of them. He has the least, the, the greatest margin of error, the highest floor. where if he stays healthy, you just know that at worst, he's going to be an accurate, passer or he's just going to be accurate. I mean, he's completed more than 60% of his past career passes. And in one year he was 65%. That was his only full season as quarterback. That's impressive. You don't get that in a lot of places. Um, and really that's all we're looking for is get somebody who can get these playmakers, the football and nobody in the portal is going to be better at doing that than Devin Leary. Love it. And we'll talk more about him where things stand, which is good. And it's seeming like it's all starting to kind of come together for UK's offense. Offensive line, we knew the skill position, uh, but even on top of that, the Vandy running back and, and and certainly all eyes on the quarterback position and what is UK going out there and doing, possibly getting the best one that you possibly could given the market right now. 
it, it, it's a good time to be a Kentucky football fan. Let's go to our hour break. We'll come back hour two. We've got to talk more recruiting. I want to kind of maybe break down some of those commitments a little mm-hmm. bit more. I uh, yeah. want to talk about basketball a little bit more. We'll make our predictions, MVPs, all that so all that fun stuff. And most importantly, the Thornton Stacks line. A lot of good stuff on there already, and we want you to keep them coming in. 502-414-1450. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be back for hour number two after this. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. On your Friday, fun first hour. We're going to even have more fun. This hour, we'll get to the Thornton's text line and a lot of other good news. I am disappointed to say this news, but Kyle Tucker's left Twitter, everybody. Wait, what? He's gone. He's gone? Where'd he go? He's gone, Roush. And the best thing to do is just let him go. All right, buddy? No. He'd be on Twitter. He doesn't want to be on Elon Musk's social media platform any longer. So how did he announce it? <laughs> I don't know. He's just is is. Can you find his Twitter account? Oh, maybe he got banned. Well, if he got banned, it would say suspended. Oh, and you can't. You just. I don't think you can find it. I mean, maybe I'm not looking in the right spots, but yeah. I mean, you're right. I just look up Kyle Tucker, and he's not um not there. What oh. gives? I don't know. I, I do think it's uh, like, why did Egon do this? Well, I was told, you know, if it's a private company, they can do, they can do whatever they want. That's what I thought a few weeks ago. Well, no, I, I'm just like, I, I'm just wondering why he did like wanted to buy Twitter. Like, I, I don't, I know I, I just, I, he sold so much. I saw he had to cash out some more Tesla stocks because Twitter's doing so bad. I just don't know why he just thought like, you know what? I, my social media company, my favorite social media isn't doing what I want it to do. So I'm just going to buy it. Like that's, isn't that such a rich guy thing to do? <laughs> I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to buy this company. And then, uh, hasn't really, hasn't really gone well for him. But I think he says Twitter has never been more popular in terms of users, interactions, all that sort of stuff. He wanted, I think he wanted to buy Twitter. I mean, I don't know his personal reasons. He's mentioned the the free speech sort of stuff. Um, but I think he wants it to be the end-all, be-all news source. I think he is sick of news and narratives and legacy media. So let Twitter be the real-time news source. That's his. That's what he has said publicly, at least. I mean, but it was, right? Well, news that one party wanted out there versus, I mean, it was censored news for the most part. 
like I don't feel like I'm watching censored news, but whatever. Like I don't. Yeah, well, I mean, you you you're a regular of like the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, make, I mean that makes sense. Th- those those are all kind of the same entities, you know. They're they're all reporting the same stuff, and they're all deciding what not to report as well. Point being, I don't know why I bought it. Um, when I have money, I can't purchase billion dollar purchases, but. Um, when I want something and I can afford it, I'll buy it. Maybe it was just as simple as that. He has the money, could afford it, so he bought it. Sounds like a big headache to me. Yeah, if, I mean, I, it sounds like it. But it's resulted in Kyle Tucker, sheesh, not being here anymore. Hmm. Real shame. Real, real shame. I hope he sent out a goodbye. Like, you got to send out... South Park does an episode on this when you delete your social media. You like, if you know, if you've seen the episode, you've seen the episode. I won't go into any more detail because it's probably not really radio appropriate. But okay, good, uh, good. That's a bummer. That's a bummer that he left. Hopefully, he'll he'll reconsider and maybe come back someday. But that was an interesting thing to learn during that hour one to hour two commercial break. Text on into the Thornton Sex Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Roush, what would you say to people that say, "I like the additions Kentucky's getting." But if it ends up not working out, and when I say people saying this, I'm saying me just creating a radio conversation real okay. quick. Okay, yeah, that's um, great. If things don't work out next year, we could look back and say, well, yeah, you got transfers from Mac schools, and you took a player from Vanderbilt, and we all thought it was going to be great. Of course, I could poke a thousand holes in that, but what would you say to that? Like, I guess – Confirm that these players are worth getting excited about. <laughs> All right, that's a good way to put it. So here's, um, generally speaking, aside from quarterback, you all of your best players should not always be transfer portal players. Like the, recruiting from the high school ranks should still be priority one. But the portal can do a great job of fixing problems that you maybe didn't anticipate like i don't think kentucky going into this year anticipated carrington valentine going pro but if you can replace him with a solid guy like jq hardaway then yeah then that, that, that you have to be happy with that um now there's also times where it's like okay you've got to make up for mistakes you made in the past and um some of that was out of their control like uh you know the offensive line recruiting, like nobody wants to say it, but part of the reason it dipped is because John Sarman was getting, he was slowly deteriorating with cancer. Like it's just, it, there was going to be some consequences uh, on the field from that. And they're addressing it by going to the portal and getting players who have played a ton of reps that are scheme fits um, that can help fill that problem. Um, so there, there's, um, there's a lot of reasons to, uh, believe that these guys are good enough to fill your holes. Like, if Ray Davis ultimately commits when he's up on campus this weekend, which I, I think he will, only four dudes in the SEC rush for a thousand yards this year. That's pretty good. I know he's from Vandy, but that's still pretty darn good. Uh, Kentucky you, has a. You can make a case it's more impressive that he did it for Vandy. Yeah, yeah. Going up really against good. SEC defenses with Vandy's offensive line which may have been better than UK's when it was all said and done. But, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, it, 
there he's just you're not like Kentucky's done well at picking players from the portal. Jacquez Jones led the team in tackles a year ago and, you know, could have had an all SEC season if he stayed healthy. Kadron Smith was all SEC this year. Um, I mean, Wanda Robinson feels like an exception, but when you go through the list of the portal players, a lot of them have been quality here. They, they have a good track record of evaluating guys. Now, for the most part, early on in the process, they were mostly power five guys. So that is something that we do need to see play out. But Zion Childress, his his play this year kind of proved to me that, okay, they can they can find guys from the G5 level and, and turn them into quality contributors as well. Yeah, that was a great answer. I mean, and you brought up kind of all the talking points of the players that people should be focusing on and noticing uh, and worth getting excited about. I, I, I guess – I don't. I mean, what do we really know? We're not the ones that are spending hours upon hours watching these guys tape. Um, if they want them and they like them, and it turns out they're all getting graded pretty well, at least from what I've seen from the folks that do that, PFF and stuff like that, uh, it seems like they're quality pieces coming in. And I don't think UK would be bringing them in if they didn't think that they could adapt and, and plug right into the SEC. I mean, but, you know, it is, uh, it is interesting. If it doesn't work out, that's what people are going to say, though. Right, but, I, I know that. The, the the big thing too, though, is like they just needed bodies at some of this. Like they needed corners. They needed a left tackle. They whiffed on a left tackle last year, and look what happened. You had to play Kenneth Horsey at left tackle all year. It was a disaster. <laughs> you know I, that to to make that one of your first additions, they're being proactive, and it's also one of those things where we spend all season. Well, they got to go do this, and they got to go do that. Like. If you put your checklist down, TJ, like this, it, let's just rewind to post Vanderbilt game, and you were saying all the things that Mark Stoops needed to do this offseason. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback, better offensive line. What does he do? Liam Cohen's coming back, number one transfer portal quarterback. First two guys are former four-star offensive lineman from Alabama and a three-year starter at left tackle on the back. Like, yeah. kind of doing what you, everything you, you wanted and needed and asked of them. No, we mentioned that yesterday. It's been impressive how they've kind of attacked their positions of need. And when it's all said and done, there's no way to know for sure. We, we wouldn't know till after these guys are done with their seasons and maybe even their careers, if some of them have more than a year, and a lot of them do, about if they made the right choices in the transfer portal. But as you mentioned, we should give them the benefit of the doubt because more times than not, they've done well in the transfer portal. But secondly, it's you're getting players that other schools want, other good schools want. And that's another thing uh, that should get folks excited. So, yeah, credit to the staff. They seem like since they've been attacking the transfer portal, they've really been doing as well as any school in America. The, uh, the one thing I do need to add about Marcus Cox – he like Leary, he had a season ending injury. He actually had it against Kentucky. Um, but I, I, I believe it or not, the media and DeCobb did not cover that extensively as to what it is. So I don't know if he's going to be available for spring practice or not, but you certainly would like that to happen because continuity, injuries on the offensive line, that was a big problem, uh, during fall camp where dudes just were. Like, they couldn't get their best five out there to, to consistently rep with one another. So, um, 
I'll be keeping an eye on that. I don't know if the Savion Washington guy is going to visit this weekend or not. Um, and I know he's, he's, he's a, like getting Cox does not disqualify him because he could play right tackle. So uh, I'm curious how, if, if anything's going to come of that or not. But, um, man, a lot of stuff's going to happen between now and Wednesday. So just buckle up, folks. It's going to be a wild ride. That's fun. That makes kind of the offseason more exciting. And then with the Cox injury, you can make a case with how physical the position is, assuming he comes back healthy. Maybe not the worst thing in the world that he didn't, you know, that his body could even be fresher to a certain degree. Uh, but you're right. I, I, I'm talking out my butt with that. I've got no idea even what the injury is. But sometimes with injuries, assuming a player makes a 100% comeback and it's like a running back position or offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, I think just having, instead of taking hits for three months, having those three months to be fresher, I think sometimes it can be better for a player long-term. You see it more usually in the NFL than college, but the same logic still applies. Right, right, right. Uh, man, it, it it is exciting, though, to see. Like, and Another thing, too, TJ, like part of the reason why Stoops was so gung-ho on playing in this stupid game that no – Almost nobody wants to play. I mean, Valentine opting out. Like part of the reason why is they were adamant on playing later on is so they could take care of business in this part of the offseason. And it sounds like uh sounds like they have. Sounds like they have. Just to be consistent, don't love Carrington Valentine opting out of the bowl game, but hey, yeah. go do go do what's best for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh I really wanted to see what he could do with another year because he was much improved this fall. But like, he still only picked off one pass. You know, like, I, I would have loved to have seen more from him. But, I, man, I, credit to that guy, though, because he got picked on as much as anybody in 2021 and then to come back and consistently get picked on and rise to the occasion. Like, that, that I know it was only Youngstown State, Bryce Oliver, but like, that was uh, that was a fun back and forth he had in that game with that the, the former Wildcat. Yeah, I um, that well, that was that seems like two years ago nowadays. But yeah, that that was that was a good time. My only concern with the secondary is just now you're going to be replacing a lot of experience. Um, we knew you were going to be replacing some, and not that you won't be excited about the pieces Kentucky's bringing in. I am excited about them. But you just wonder about the learning curve of it all and will it kind of just stay steady where it's been, which has been good. But if Valentine was returning and then you were bringing in some of these pieces, you would, you would expect it to take this big step forward or at least a step forward. And now I don't know if if the expectation is even a step forward at all. Maybe it's just, hey, let's stay the same. And then next year we'll, or 2024 will be the step forward with some of these guys. Um, it's been good, too. It's not like it's been a major issue. And honestly, with all the safety help and everything there, yeah. you can make a case that maybe it will take that step forward, not from the cornerback position, but from the secondary as a whole. Uh, I'm sure you could make that case, and you could probably do a pretty good job of it. But I, I can understand why some people are concerned, and I'll put myself in that boat, at least at cornerback specifically, although I do like what the staff's doing. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially the – I mean, the safeties were exceeded expectations. You lost – your two guys who you thought two starters in that group with Vito Tisdale and Jalen Geiger early on in the year. I think Geiger only played two or three games and you still performed well with those like Jordan Lovett and Zion Childress really took steps forward. Um, and I, I think another thing too, TJ corner feels like a pretty easy plug and play portal position. Uh, 
you're, you're kind of out there on an island. Like the, the roles are pretty specific, and it just comes down to being a gamer. And, I mean, Keedron Smith, Boss Man Fat, like those guys who came in, played well. Uh, you got Hardaway in there, who is a little raw. There's another guy, too, to keep an eye on, Deuce Chestnut. Uh, he was at Syracuse uh, this year. He entered the portal this week. That That's another one um, you, you, you might want to monitor. He had an awesome play where he picked off a screen pass this year. That's just like, okay, well, this dude obviously knows what the hell he's doing. That's so, a sweet name. Be another one to add. Yeah, it is a sweet name. Especially around the holidays. <laughs> on an open fire. Yeah, go ahead and get him commit. <laughs> when, when do you think the net – I mean, you kind of alluded to today, this weekend, a string of commitments. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't know if we're going to get any high school ones. I don't know if they're going to wait all the way to Wednesday or not. Um, and I will say, too, our boy Shea, he might have really shot his shot with the Carmel English thing because the Michigan people are really spinning it. Like, um, it, it's, it's really funny to watch uh, the, the pompous Michigan men spinning losing Carmel English to Kentucky, but they're, the way they're talking about it makes it feel like that they're going to lose him to Kentucky. So, Love that. Yeah. Which would be great to hear. Well, good. Uh, should we go to the text line? But maybe first, what another great thing to hear is about Salsaritas. Oh, I love to hear about Salsaritas. Uh, not when I'm hungry, but it is the best of the best. Scoots is a mild salsa fan, but medium. I know he loves the queso. Medium. Too, right? Like, oh, medium? I'm a medium guy. Favorite? I've said that a thousand times. Mild, not spicy enough. Medium, perfect, hot, too spicy. See, and that's the thing, is they have a salsa for everyone there. Um, whether you're a queso guy or gal, a, a, a queso guy, a guac gal, uh, the salsa, the fresh food, it's so good, it's in their name. And that's why they call it the Fresh Mexican Cantina, TJ, because it feels like you're eating food that just got picked off the, the farm. I mean, it's it's so good, I, so I can't fresh. stress it enough. Yeah, it, it doesn't taste proce- like processed junk. Go there, it'll, change, it'll, it'll lift you up. For a little lunch today they've got two locations one in st matthews one in middletown or you know what this weekend there's a lot of bowl games going on just go ahead and get a big bag of wildly addictive chips some of their catering order through that you get some salsaritas bucks it just makes things simple the cleanup's nice and easy uh, i think that's a great idea for for this weekend tj while you're watching your cbs so is this a super sports weekend it's a super sports Saturday. I can tell you that. I mean, three NFL games, the Cats UCLA, IU Kansas. It's a great college basketball slate. You and get then, NFL mixed in. I think there's a few bowl games. You get the Saddy Bowl. Seven bowl games. Yeah. Saddy Bowl in Fenway. That's awesome. Oh, and then Sunday, you got World Cup final and then NFL Sunday. World Cup final third, in the morning. You got the third place game yeah, on don't Saturday, forget that. too. Don't forget that. That third place game might be better than the championship for the World Cup. I Man, it's just so dumb to say, Scoots. It might be. So dumb. Having the two best players play for first place isn't as good as Morocco playing Croatia for third place. I didn't say definitively that the champ or that the third place game would be better, but I said it's got the chance to be better than the championship. Uh, Croatia Morocco is going to be off the charts good. Why? Because it's, uh, it's yeah. going to be super competitive. Two teams that never expected to get as far as they are. Two Croatia teams was that the were championship four years ago. No, I know that, but just. Uh, they've got the underdog feel. I, I think it's going to be electric. You you can think what you want. I, I'm going to really enjoy that third place game. I, mean, I probably will have it on if that if that makes you feel better. But I'm just not. That's not. That's not top 
five of excitement watching on Saturday. No, I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing at all, but I'm just saying that game has potential to be a lot of fun. That's it. Nothing well, more. The World, Cup, the World Cup as a whole has been pretty entertaining, Absolutely. at least in my opinion. I Absolutely. think there's been some electric games, so hopefully you're right. You get it on Saturday, you get it on Sunday. Yeah, let's go ahead and make it a mega sports weekend, Roush. Yeah. I wish Woo. we had a drop that was just and like, mega sports weekend, 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 weekend. And we get a bowl game at, I think, 11.30 a.m., yeah. UAB in Miami, the Bahamas Bowl, and then we've got a top 25, two top 25 teams in the Cure Bowl, UTSA, Versus John Summerall's Trojans. Let's go. Let's go, Trojans. Is that today? Yeah, three o'clock. Oh, that's awesome. So we got eleven thirty football today. Yeah. Wow. What a treat. <laughs> what an absolute treat. Uh, let's get to the store and sex line. Read a few before we go to our last break of the let's week. Do it. What do we got first here, Roushy? Oh no! I scrolled down instead of up. Roush, what are you doing here? I wish I had TJ's confidence in this team. Hard for me to envision any scenario where the Cats. Beat UCLA comfortably, and I, I, I appreciate the confidence, TJ. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know about winning comfortably. I'm going to be pretty stressed throughout it. UCLA is good, but I think if Kentucky is hitting outside shots, UK wins comfortably. If they're not, it'll be a close game. Uh, I don't envision UK getting blown out tomorrow. So you could probably go ahead and take it to the bank that UK does get blown out. Just the fact that I. Spoke this into existence, but I, uh, I do. I think it, I think Kentucky's just a better team than them. Although I do, the more I watch UCLA, they are their team in March that I think either is going to lose in the first round or they they could make a Final Four. But it's Mick Cronin. Cal hates Mick Cronin. Um, he he knows how important this game is. This is this is a big one. Sheesh. I did like Cal saying yesterday, this is like the toughest ticket he's had since he's been here. And it's just, you can just buy tickets from Ticketmaster. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that that would be the case. He said that he said, this yeah. is the toughest ticket since I've been here. Yeah. yeah. That's wrong. I mean, that's it's just, like, Cal, why, why, totally why do you need to just, you don't need to say that you can, you just don't need to just make up stuff. You're, you're so sick of UK basketball. It's funny. <laughs> It's just like it, 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 it was a stupid. It was a stupid comment, but like, is it any all that different than Stoops just saying we need to get back to work every other sentence? You know, like they're coaches; they say things that are just head scratching. I know, but it, it's it's just that stuff has has <laughs> worn on me a little bit, right? Like, it's it, like it, you don't need to say that. Like, it's, it's just hilariously it's, inaccurate. It's yeah, exactly. Like we we all know this, Cal. Like we're not. Yeah, <laughs> you can just go online and check it out. Like you don't have. It's something we can verify pretty quickly. I mean, he's had top 10, like, U of L come to Rupp Arena. I've, I've bought tickets to UK U of L games at Rupp, and I think, like, 14, in 2013, 2014, U of L was ranked in the top 10. That ticket was wild. I mean, you've Maybe had top, top 10 teams come yeah. into town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just inaccurate. A texture says, or oh, where are we at here? Yeah, Scoots, the weight difference would be a big advantage for you against Trevor in the go-kart race. Sweet. Let's do it. Set it up then, but make sure to set it up after about 5 o'clock when Trevor wakes up. Here's what we do, Scoots. If U of L somehow wins more games than Eastern Michigan, you double down on a go-kart race. Ooh. And then we'll get your we'll get your back, because he's not going to be listening, and we'll be like, oh, Scoots, no, he'll, he's bigger. He's going to go so much faster. <laughs> and then we'll, I guarantee you, Trevor, will be like, yeah, that's fine. I'll do go-karts. This, I love riding. I'll drive. Oh, and in then this scenario, Tom, Tom, TJ, Tom, for a thousand dollar race, 
Rutherford will be like, Trevor, no, you're going to lose. And he, and just because Mike says that, he's going to be like, no, you're wrong. I am going to go faster. They're right. Like, it's, it's, I played. It's, I, 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 yeah. He's, he's going to use Donkey Kong and Mario Kart racing as his example. <laughs> I'm in. Set it oh, up. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. And can we get him to, like, can we make Trevor dress up as Bowser or Wario? And we could put, like, a little toad hat on Scoots. Oh, I'd rock it. have a Bowser hat. We could probably get like, some fans out to, out to cart country. Maybe we could do, like, Rutherford do the show out there. We could be <laughs> out there as well. I mean, sounds Trevor really mustache, fun. mustache, Luigi. That's true. You could do all those things as well. Uh, I still have not even found where we are in the text line. Uh, shout out to Scoots for the 90s country music tunes. Keep it up. Yeah. Thanks for enjoying. It's all on Thursdays, too. I like it. What do we have today? We haven't been able to hear it. Uh, just like feel-good music. Like I played uh, Good Day. I've got Can I Kick It? I've got uh, Rosa Parks by Outkast. Just, just feel-good music. Can I kick good. it? Yes, I can. Uh, speaking of music, a texter says, TJ and Roush, what are some of the church songs you'll never forget by attending Catholic grade school growing up? Um, I got a good one. Plenty. And he will raise Yo, that's you great. up that's it. That's on it. eagle's wings. That's the, the proper guy. answer. Bear you on the breath of dawn. Make you to shine like the sun. Sing it, Teej. If you play that at a funeral, I'm going to tear up. Just like I could even not like the person potentially, although I don't think that's ever happened. Oh, it's um, been... I'll be tearing up if you play that at a funeral. It's been used so much that, uh, like, my mom just rolls her eyes if they play that during regular mass. It's like, no, <laughs> this is only for funerals. And then you have the good old-fashioned, this is probably my favorite. We are an Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. We oh. are an Easter people. Another See, good one is... Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know that one, but the Catholics have really upped their ante with, like, upbeat music as of late. Oh, yeah. It's not just like your sad, like, Gregorian yeah. chants. Um, also, hard to dance when the devil on your back. That's oh, one. that's a great one. Yeah. I am the lord of the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good text. Uh, I think it was probably a Plumley bro, but great text. Love singing those church songs. Uh, texter says, on the favorite basketball non-star player question, mine is definitely Dominique Hawkins. Gave his all every time on the court, and being a Kentucky kid, it was great. Really developed into a dependable player, too. Was devastated his senior year with Fox, Monk, and Bam that Man. they didn't get it done. Well, That's a good text. He had that SEC game. tournament game that was awesome and was named All-SEC Tournament Team. That Great great call, Texture. Yeah, sometimes when we're put on the spot, we don't give the best answers, but that is a much better answer than we gave. And another player I really liked, similarly, I really enjoyed watching Derek Willis grow at UK. And then his yeah, junior and senior really. year, when he was open for three, you just felt great about it. And I think his junior year, he shot like 43 or 44%. His senior year went down, but still close to 40%. Um, and then he was somebody that just you thought was going to transfer. You thought just wasn't going to stick it through. He didn't well, play hardly. how much Cal busted his balls. I mean, oh, Cal yeah. was such a hard ass on him. I mean – and, and he just, you know, he took it to the chin, and he, he, he pushed through. So, yeah, I, that team in general, man, that just, God, I can, oh, the, the, of all the 
them in 15, like they they should have definitely won titles. Like Cal should have three NCAA championships. I felt like the wall team had its flaws because they didn't have enough outside shooters. But 15 and 17, they really just lost to the only teams that could beat them. One was on a last-second shot, and one was just on a, a, a late collapse and Sam Decker going freaking bananas. Well, and a missed shot clock violation that didn't help yeah. anything. But I, I do agree. I think you can make a case that the 17 team – when they were playing their best, was more fun to watch than any other Calipari team I mean, playing just, their best. They were so they, – they were the the perfectly built where you had a five who didn't have to just be a freaking uh, – just a Camp space eater. Paint. Like, yeah. Put yeah. out of the paint and stay in there. Although, like, he was at his best, obviously, inside, but he was just such a – such a freak like you're so big and so strong but he's so agile that you could play him really you could play him outside you, and you could have him stretch out so that fox could carve up the paint right and sauce people up you had to stretch you had two stretch forwards with willis and gabriel um hawkins as your guy off the bench and even though briscoe wasn't like he was a great defender and a good ball handler so if fox wasn't in you felt fine and then monk monk is one of the best scoring guards we've ever seen at kentucky mm-hmm. i mean Oh, God, that team. That Arizona State game that year was just like <laughs> silly. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Didn't uh, Fox get a triple-double that game? Yeah, and then I think – didn't Briscoe get a triple-double one game too? But yeah. one of them didn't count, and I forget which one. Well, they, they both counted, but somebody went back and they were like, no, they actually messed up. That shouldn't have been a 10th assist, and, but they still kept it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, but they were just like, eh, we're going to give it to him anyway. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, that's fine with me. You can't have like zero all time or one all time or whatever. Yeah, there was only one, and it's a really random guy from the 80s. Uh, Mills? No. Is it? No. It, I don't it think was, so. It, it, it was a very random guy from the 80s, though, that had the one triple-double before those two did that year. Let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll keep going at the Thornton's text line. Fun Friday. We appreciate everybody that's listening. Don't go anywhere. KRC returns. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Dear Grandma. Someone once said, war is hell. They've never been to fat camp. Your butt is wide, well mine is too. Just watch your mouth, or I'll sit on you. The word is out. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Appreciate you listening along. One final segment before a mega sports weekend. Huge, huge Saturday. Sunday is going to be great as well. And, of course, our focus is on UK taking on UCLA. Another really big game similar to the Michigan game in a lot of ways in the sense that you win. A lot of the fan base is going to exhale. Things are going to be a little bit more cool, calm, collective. And another loss, Scoot and people are going to be very, very frustrated. Yeah, but they shouldn't be. I mean, it's it's a top 25 team, a team that just destroyed Maryland. It, that's arguably my least favorite thing about Kentucky's fan base is the fact that you lose one, two, three games early in the season, and it's just the whole world's falling apart. And when it's like, in reality, we're playing for March. 
It, these games in November, December, yeah, they're great. They're fun. They're awesome. But it ultimately, aside from seeding perspectives, does not matter if you lose or win them. I mean, Kentucky's a team that's going to get into the tournament. I mean, it does matter from a seeding standpoint. And I know a lot of folks, have, myself included, have fixated on UK being a one seed in the Louisville Regional. And there are fans that think that's already off the table, which is so hilariously wrong. But some of those fans say, yeah, maybe it's not off the table yet, but based on what we've seen, there's no reason to think they're going to be able to to do what's necessary to claim that number one seed. And at least that one's a little bit more opinion-based, and I can understand it and respect it more so than the people that are just, it's done, there's no chance, there's no way about it. It's very rare when there's a UK loss and there's not a freak out. Well, I'd say about 90% of the losses UK will ever have will result in some sort of overreaction. So here's the thing. Even if they don't get a one seed, can't they get a two, three, four seed in the Louisville region as well? Like, wh- why are we so fixated on the one seed? And I get it. It's Kentucky basketball. should be a one seed. But, I mean, you can you could still wind up in Louisville as a two, three, even a four seed if it, if it gets that – if it goes that poorly, you know? So for sure. Yeah, no, no, you're definitely like the seeding aspect of it. A loss to UCLA doesn't help you on selection Sunday. You'll have to make that up somewhere along the way, but it doesn't kill you either. That's obvious. Uh, I, I, folks just want to see UK dominate. And if it's anything less than that, people get pretty bent out of shape about it. So, um, we will find out. I think it sets up for a fun game. UCLA is a good team, but I think Kentucky's a better team. And if you're the better team, you need to win the game. Uh, you were the better team against Michigan State. You didn't win the game. So win. Monday show should be a really good time. Roush, a loss, and probably going to be ugly. Yeah. Um, and to Scoots's point, um, I think it's the reason why we're fixed on the one seed is one seed gets dibs on location. So that, that's, that's why one is such a big deal. Yeah, they're not going to put a four seed UK in Louisville. Scoots. Yeah, maybe a two, um, but m- most likely the 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 one seed to get the geographical preference. So that's what everybody's playing for. We'll continue with the Thornton's text line, but want to remind you about our friends at Shady Rays, a great company started here in Kentucky, over two hundred thousand five star reviews. Go to shadyrays.com and do not forget the promo code. Big X at checkout, it'll save you 25%. A texter says, we're cheering for the Fighting Jun Summerall's at three today. Don't forget, I'll be ready. Woo! Let's go, Trojans. Scoots and gentlemen, we got him. JQ Hardaway is a cat, baby. Scoots, how do you feel about you not being included in the gentleman? Um, I am, well, I got my own, my own shout out, so... I am the gentle man. You all are the gentle men. There you go. I like that. That's a great spin on it. Uh, happy for Alex from Colga. And uh, hope that the secondary is going to be going to be elite because I think the rest of the defense should be pretty good. A texter says, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here with the addition of the new left tackle. It's safe to say we're going to have an enormous couple of cocks on the offensive line this year. That's a good one, yeah. Brad from Bellbrook. Marcus Cox and Eli Cox. Just gonna Shane Beamer gives off some serious little person vibes. 
man, um, did did any of y'all go back and watch that? It's just such a treat. I I enjoyed it so much. He was so no, but angry. they they keep losing players, Roush. I know it's so funny. I just I love every single second of it. And he's like trying to stop the bleeding. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. I'm I'm curious. Spencer Rattler might end up really screwing him over too if he decides to go pro and it's too late for them to get one of their first dibs on a portal guy too. So it would be a real shame. It would be a real shame. <laughs> a texter says, you could replace nil. Did I skip that one? You could replace nil with playing time in Fran Fashilla's tweet and it's the exact same locker room issues. Nil is just an easy whipping boy for underperforming coaches. Man, so, great. Great text in the show. And that's kind of what I was getting at yesterday, TJ. Yeah, and it's, I, I totally agree. Could it cause issues? Yes, but as the texture points out, so could playing time, so could girl problems. Yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. anywhere from 17 to like 22, 23-year-old people. It, there will be drama. Why in the hell wasn't there a play run at the end of the first quarter on th- Thursday Night Football? Excuse this from you. This you is, just want to yeah. So, yeah, basically, at the end of the first quarter last night, there was a penalty. There was, They put one second up on the clock, and then we went straight to the second quarter. So, unless I'm mistaken, the clock starts on the snap following a penalty, no? I think so, yeah. That's yeah, I thought, weird. I thought so. So, I, I just didn't understand, like, why there was not a play ran in that scenario. Maybe they thought it was weird. Did it? Maybe maybe Thursday night football mistakenly added a second when there shouldn't have. No, there definitely should have been a second added. But there was never a play ran after it. We just they just went straight to the commercial break. I was like, what in the hell? Why are they why were they doing a white line for the line of scrimmage? Hmm. Didn't see that. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that was weird. Like it just, you know, it because all the other lines are white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just adding confusion. It was just more white lines. Taste, uh, Texter says, take and taste and see and on Eagles wings are absolute bona fide bangers. And if people don't think so, they can hit the door. Yeah. Well, taste and see is a big communion song. And then uh, the table, the table of uh, plenty too. Well, they, they change it up too. They go taste and see, and then they say, take and eat. Okay. Yeah. I think that one's kind of boring. Plumly, bro. Yeah. It, it's a little low key. The, Come to the feast of heaven and earth. Like that that one's a little bit more upbeat. That's what I like. Come to the table of panty. I know there's people listening that just think we're probably like the weirdest people within a cult. And that may not totally be inaccurate, <laughs> but we would have like a choir practice on Mondays and then church on Wednesdays. And then yep. sometimes our families would make us go back to church on Sundays. So these songs were driven into our spinal cords, so they don't leave. They don't leave you, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, or maybe fortunately, because I just got to jam out on a radio show this morning. A little karaoke, karaoke, as I call it. A texter says Ryan Lemon mentioned the other day Goodwin may be transferring eventually. Any validity to that, or just more aspiration gym rumors? Um. I don't... Wait. He, so he said. Uh... Goodwin maybe transferring eventually. I, I don't. I don't know where he would, where he would go. Um, I think that might. See, that's what's weird with Ryan is like you don't know how much of it's actual talk around the the players or if it's Ryan just kind of taking and running with something. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, nothing would surprise me. 
um, with that. It is weird how he just doesn't even get brought up when talking about the future of the offensive line. That's probably not a good thing. Yeah, and it's also one of those things, too, that uh, I, I I think it would if, if they were excited with what he brought as a freshman, they would be leaking that out to people like me. Great point. So I think they're a little disappointed with um, what they've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's time for that to turn around. I don't know. Some of it might be just finding the right um, – motivational thing to get him to tick but uh yeah i don't i don't know i don't know all those things could be true where they're just not overly excited about him up to this point but his but you know he could break through at any point you know so yeah yeah those in, in, things could be true here's the thing too is like even i don't care how five star you are like there's been one player two players that have really played as true freshmen one was a consensus All-American in Darian Kennard. Another was Landon Young, who's a three-year starter and played in the NFL. Like, those were all-time great offensive line tackles at Kentucky. Offensive linemen, period. I know he had the five-star ranking, but he didn't play as – like, like Kennard played for one of the better high schools in all the state of Ohio that produces football talent. Like, those guys had a little bit more on their repertoire than they did. He was a lot more raw. Most of these guys, even guys like Jagger Burton, he got thrown in the fire as just a redshirt freshman, and he got cooked from time to time this year, right? He was swimming a little bit. So, like, offensive linemen in general do need more time. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm curious how this unfolds over the next eight, eight months or so, especially um, now that you've got a, a portal player coming in to play his position. A texter says, TJ, the game tomorrow with me is eerily similar to UNC last year. The Cats were pretty mediocre up to this point in the season, this time last year, and the expectations for that game were UK would lose. Cal's teams are at their best when opposing teams will let them run and tempo is fast, and I think UCLA will let UK do just that. Toppin is the key, and that's my real trepidation with this game. I think the Cats win by six. Peace. That's a man, great analysis. Um, you could include Roush in there, too. Texture. Eerily similar to North Carolina last year, but only has the Cats winning by six. Hmm. Well, I think just the setup to the game is what he's referring to there, Scoots. And he's right about that. Kentucky had not really looked great. People were kind of down on the team. And then once it took off, it took off fast. And UK was playing better than any team in the country for about a month and a half before the injuries started happening. And and unfortunately, things went south. I So UCLA's tempo this year has been fast, but... I think in a big game, especially if it's close, Mick Cronin, old old habits will die hard. And I I say this as a negative, but I think Calipari will also be too willing just to kind of fall back into a, all right, all right, let's, I've got the better team. I've got the better players. If we slow this down, we're going to win too. So I hope Cal will press the issue. And I hope you're right that UCLA will be up to the challenge of making it a fast paced game, but just know about. You know, bogging it down a little, though. <laughs> I don't care what the numbers say. I know what the numbers say for UCLA this year. They are a solid offensive team, but I've got a, I've got a feeling it's going to be an ugly, muddied up game. But I hope you're right, Texter. Wow, TJ throws it to Scoot, and he comes in with a professional radio analyst analogy about puzzle pieces, unintentionally showing you two up. Really, yeah, totally agree. Scoot Come on, pro. He's the best in the biz. Texter says, Gatlinburg has a Trump store. I'm sure other tourist spots do too. Myrtle Beach, et cetera. Silly times. 
yeah, unless it's like a gag gift. I just think if your yeah. identity is a politician, you probably have some loser qualities about you. Right. It doesn't, like doesn't mean you can't like a politician. I think, it, you know, you, you can do whatever you want for all I care. But I just think if you idolize a politician, you're probably a dork in some capacity. I would draw, like, I feel like a campaign button and a bumper sticker is, that's like the extent of your stuff, right? Like, we used to talk about it, you should, like, they're not your favorite team. They, they, we shouldn't treat them like they're the cats. Yeah, I agree with that. Did Roush just say Leary commitment could come any day now? Turn the stream on late, and that's the first few words I heard. Well, make sure you're going back and listening to the Kentucky Roll Call podcast, but your ears did not deceive you. Mm, they did not. Just keep a lookout. It could happen at any moment. Roush has been doing this, like, all day. He Roush is expecting a big weekend. I'll just – I'll read between the lines for everybody. Get your – get ready. Buckle up. Belt, tighten that belt. Because it's about ready to to get fun. Oh, yeah. Speaking of fun, finished White Lotus uh, seasons one and two. I'm all, I'm all done. Fun show. Really, really good show. Hmm. Not That's one that I'd watch with your parents or your kiddos. Okay. Uh, it is graphic. Okay. In all, in all the right ways, though. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. And you know, the survivor guy, Mike White, he's the one that like does it. A lot of survivor like themes to it. Ooh. You two would really notice it and appreciate it. It's a good okay. it's a it's a fun, it's like a whodunit kind of thing. It's a good show. Mike, check nice, it out. Nice. A text, a text um, let's give a quick shout out before we finish the text on. Uh Abby Steiner won the Bowerman, which is the uh the Heisman of track and field. Woo. She's the first Wildcat to ever win the award. Uh, Kendra Harrison and Sydney McLaughlin were finalists, but she's the first one to ever win it. So huge honor for Abby Steiner. Big shout out to the UK track and field program. Texter says, what the tuck? That'd be a great name for a Cal Tucker podcast. Ooh, or just like a, his biography. It's like the, the top button biography what, for Mitch. What, what the tuck? Yeah. TJ and Nick, if Cal Tucker deleted his Twitter account, how will Beisner get the UK basketball propaganda out? Well, I'm still running up on my Twitter. <laughs> if, he, if they're so interested. A texter says, a lot of people mumbling about Elon and Twitter, but they hardly ever have a cohesive point. I just wonder if some of those people just get sick of like being told who they're supposed to dislike. Yeah, I don't really care. I just need Twitter around because I use it. Like I, I don't want to have to start this thing over again. <laughs> You're, we're too old for that. I don't know. I'm like, I'm up to 27K, you know, nice following. I know how it works. I, that's my thing. I don't want to have to learn a new social media. Uh, people are hopping on like Mastodon. It's like, I just, I don't want to just give me one thing. I want to go on the app and I want to be able to follow people on it. Like, it's not that I'm not asking too much. I just, for laughs, went and checked out Mastodon. Not really a diverse, uh, not diverse thoughts on that website. A lot of, a lot of people just saying an echo chamber, if you will. A texter says, sounds like Roush is up next on leaving Twitter. Not the transparent news source he appreciated. Anyways, mask up this weekend, boys. Get your shot and be smart about gathering inside. Okie dokie. With UK getting two tackles in the transfer portal, how does Keontae Goodwin feel? We already touched on that. Or, mm -hmm. But he does ask, is UK going to go after any more linemen, Roush? Yeah, they could. Yeah, and they probably will. Um, 
I'm, exp- I, I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen with Savion Washington from Kent State. So I'll, I'll try to try to catch up on the latest on that sometime soon. Um, another texture says, filling holes, call. Where is Roush? He sounds like he's in the bathroom on the toilet and trying to be quiet. What's up? He's in Ohio with his in-laws, so he can't, you know, can't be too loud. Yeah, yeah. There's just John here. It is a little bit echoier in here. Good morning edition. Morning to all. Hey, today for work, we have a Christmas party. I'm entered into a lip singing contest. I'll be singing Mr. Grinch by Small Town Titans. I hope I don't look like a fool for the Cats this weekend. I have a tough, they have a tough matchup, but I have the Cats winning by 12 and MVP will be big O. Y'all have a great weekend. Talk to you later. I want to see John in a lip singing contest so bad. Good luck, John. I hope you do well. That's a great song. What milestone does Goodwin have to reach to see consistent first time on the field next year? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. They've, it's a mystery, man. It really is. Uh, somebody sent in a Haley Minogue tweet that says, haven't I given enough? Not sure what that means. Hope she's doing Sounds all like right. We love, we love Haley Minogue. Leary should announce his commitment to Kentucky by posting a video of him eating a rotten banana. That would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> or do something like different with weird food, like just squirting ketchup directly into your mouth. If you want a good chuckle, listen to Trevor and Rutherford's show from yesterday. I thought the same thing. But let the let the boys have their fun. They've got something to be excited about for once in their lives. But yes, it was. Oh man, for just one second, they forgot that they were one and nine, and that's okay, <laughs> I guess. It's the holidays. Uh, uh, Chris Mills was a pretty important figure in UK history. That's what it was. I was right with Mills. Uh, he was the Emory Riddle uh, package guy that just opened up. Oh, so did he have the triple double? Yeah, he um, had the triple double. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, thank you, Texter, for informing us. If UK stays within ten of UCLA, I'll be very surprised. They have done nothing thus far to indicate any better results. That's from Steve. All right, Steve, give me UK plus ten, and you name the amount. Uh, UK is going. I'll, we can make it even plus eight. UK is only going to be in Louisville if they're one seed. Would be unfair for the one seed, perhaps Purdue or Virginia, if they had a player two or three seed UK with the crowd advantage. There's a chance they could be a two, but you are right that the other, the one, would also have to have a nice geography advantage. Purdue would probably work. Mm-hmm. IU could potentially work, but they're not going to be a one seed. Um, but you, your, your overall sentiment is correct. But it, there is a chance it would just have to be another team that's also geographically very close, and they would complain and whine about it. But the NCAA may just have to put their hands up and say, "Oh well, what are we supposed to do?" All right, we're out of time. Quick predictions for tomorrow. Uh, let's start with the leader, which is obviously me. And I will go Cats, 71, UCLA, 65. And I'm taking Oscar. Scoot, you're in second. Go ahead. I will take, give me UCLA, uh, 71-67. And I will take Hawkins. Okay. Um I think Kentucky's going to actually light it up and play well and shoot well from three, but they're going to miss free throws late. UCLA's going to muck it up. Cats win 75-73. Antonio Reeves is your MVP. All right. I hope that Scoots is wrong, and sorry for going over. This is KRC. Everybody have a good weekend. Be safe. We'll see you on Monday. Go Cats. This is Big X Portrait. Be the type of people make the glory.